Folks, we have a dandy of an episode today. No big intro, no hype track, just this. Golf's greatest major champion, a six-time Masters winner, Jack Nicklaus, the Golden Bear, joined us for nearly an hour-long conversation on the Masters, Augusta National, how golf the game is changing, everything. We sat down two weeks ago in his game room in Southern Florida, overlooking his backyard, his pool, his boats. It was quite the scene in this room, and Jack was great. He didn't pull any punches. He did not hold back. We dove into what he remembered about last year's Masters when Tiger won, uh, some of the favorite memories that he has from the six times that he won the green jacket. We talked about ways that he would put his designer hat on and change Augusta National, the things that he likes and some few things he doesn't like about the property. He talked about how he learned to win at Augusta and how Arnold Palmer taught him a lesson early on about the place. Jack, he shared some thoughts on what Bryson's going to do to that course when he hits it maybe 400 yards, especially if it's playing firm. Jack even thinks that, hey, Phil Mickelson... At 50, he can still win this thing, but only in a certain way. Things like that are littered throughout this episode. Jack and I were joined by Michael Bamberger. He's a senior writer for us at Golf Magazine. He knows Jack Nicholas and his family well. So let's get to it. We started rolling right as Michael asked this question about Herbert Warren Wind. And if you don't know who Herb Wind is, he's a former Sports Illustrated writer. He's the man who nicknamed the now trademarked piece of property amen corner so enjoy the convo with jack here he is talking about herb wind wind like herb wind was wonderful herb wind was it was a uh do you know who herb wind was oh yeah uh how would you describe him as a like class maybe mm-hmm. uh he sort of just always was just different to be different and uh but he was a he was a wonderful guy compassionate about what was going on he was very uh cared he, he was very uh uh obviously he was very cerebral um he made a statement to me after about three or four years of playing he says he says and i got a little you know year i didn't have I had, maybe what it was but i was not having one of my better years and he says think about it he says you just win one a year and he says it'll, it'll it'll add up to a nice number mm-hmm Mm-hmm. <laughs> checks out. I mean, that's, I mean, you know, you don't think about that. I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was probably about right, wasn't he? Yeah. I'm always curious about that because it is so hard to win majors. And no, it's not. Well, you don't think so. <laughs> but for a lot of people, it is this daunting thing. And once they go without a year, a year without it, you go through four and you don't win one. Yeah. People consider it a failure. And I do. Jack, just along those same lines, and we can start right here. Um, when Tiger was trying to win that that Masters last year, he got a lot of luck. But one of the things I think he was lucky about, but I'd like to know your view, is that everybody who was chasing, everybody who was in contention, he's the only guy who had a code. Everybody else is trying to get their first one. Well, I don't think I, I don't pay much attention to that. I think that last year when Tiger was there, Tiger hadn't won for a while, and he was. Um, you know he was he was playing well, and he got to the to the twelfth hole, and you know Molinari I think may have been leading there, and and Kepka was there, and uh, I don't remember who else was there, 
But it didn't make Justin any difference. Johnson, Xander Shuffley. But they, but they all filled, they filled up Ray's Creek. Yeah. And, and they all, every single one of them played a draw into that green. That green does not want to draw. I mean, that green runs, you know, front left to back right. And, and anytime you hit a draw, you're going across the green. So you either leave it out to the right and it doesn't get there or it goes all the way through on the left side. It's got to be started on the left side and, and worked up the green. And all of them, I watched it and I sat there and I said, I just kept shaking my head. Tiger got up and he played the prettiest little cut shot. That was safe going safe, that one, wasn't it? That's what Big Jack would say. If in doubt, you go in between the two bunkers, front and back. Right over where he should put it, over the, over the center of the bunker, the left side of the bunker, into the middle of the green. I said, tournament's over. I said, Tiger hasn't won, but he will remember how to play the last six holes. Because that's what, that's what you do when, you, when, you, when you're a good player and you, and you really know what you're doing. He knows what he's doing. He knew what he did at 12. He knew what a great shot he played. And from then on, it was just, it was automatic for him. Yeah. I mean, sure, he still had to play a couple under par, but he, but he played it pretty darn well. And so uh, that was sort of my feeling with it. it I mean, it didn't make difference who was there uh, at that point because once he moved into the lead and once he played 12 the way he was going to play, everybody else was trying to see how do I recover from where I was. Yeah. Can guys fade um, nine irons uh, as well now as they could in your day? With that hard ball, it looks like it almost uh, always well, gets up in the air and falls still, to the well, you still can, well, They all still play hooks. Most of them play hooks. Yeah. They play hooks all day long. Yeah. Well, the ball will fade just as easy as a hook. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, I see Justin Thomas play a lot of fades. He, 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 does, he does a lot of fading. Tiger plays a lot of fades. Uh, most of them hit the ball fairly straight with a little bit of draw. And there's some holes you just can't play with a draw, or, or not successfully, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, 86 always gets a lot of attention, but this year especially because Tiger's looking for number six and Phil's playing good golf and he's 50, so people will be remembering uh, you in 86 and and at age 46. Do you ever get tired of talking about it or can we talk about it? No, it's a nice thing to talk about. I like to talk about it every year as long as I'm here to talk about it. <laughs> well, that was one of the, the ones we want to talk about among the many Masters memories, but Michael had a question about the caddy choice that week. You had options for a caddy, but you went with Jackie. How did you reach that decision? Uh, I don't think I had any options. You know, Willie was retired. Angelo, I'd retired the year before. I was looking for a caddy. <laughs> and, uh, you know, Steve and Jack had caddied for me several times. The last tournament I won before that was uh, the Memorial in 84. Jackie caddied for me there. And uh, the one before that I won was 82, was uh, uh, Colonial. Steve caddied for me there. So ever, after 1980, only my kids caddied for me in my wins. Did uh, does Jackie play the same caddy role that week? Does he play the typical caddy role? Does he do something more? How? What is a tip, what's a typical caddy role for Jack? Nichols? Whatever, yeah, whatever your former caddies had played for you at Augusta. Well, I think that uh, my former caddies basically carried the bag. Mm -hmm. uh, Willie was a great cheerleader, great guy. I, I love Willie. He was just I just love his personality. He was just so so enthusiastic about everything that we did, Willie Peterson I'm talking about. And uh, he is, uh, he was, I never asked Willie a, a club or uh, a yardage or anything. 
uh, you know, never never asked him what a green look ran, ran, ran in, uh, not once. And uh, the big hammer said, Willie, Willie was there cheerleading. That's kept you know kept me with, kept me with a clean golf ball and uh, if a towel I needed for my hands or uh, made sure that he, that he was on time and uh, you know the three ups of a caddy you know show up keep up and shut up. Yep. And Willie was really good at that and uh, uh, you know that's fine. Uh, Angelo uh, Angelo came for me for a long time. Angelo, I never, Angelo, I did have him do yardages as well as I did my own yardages. So I used him as a, as a confirmation, but I never asked Angelo a, a, a one time ever a green or ever whatever he thought on the shot. I, did, I never, never did. And now Jackie, on the other hand, uh, he's one that, uh, who, who understands me, plays golf, plays well. Uh, I always turn around and say, what do you think, five iron? What do you think, good, good hard wedge? I mean, you know, I, I would ask Jackie, because Jackie would understand and go there. Not that I, you know, I would never go, I never once went against what I wanted to do. But uh, uh, he was also my son, and I, you know, I would, uh, you don't want to put your kids down, sure. so you use more confirmation from your kids than you would from somebody else. But Jackie also read the greens well, and he played Augusta a lot, so, uh, you know, we, we sort of looked at it, and, and uh, like the 17th hole and Augusta got way down out of the green I had that about 12 footer and uh, uh, he says what do you, he said what do you see that I said so well, I see the ball going up it's going to turn a little bit right that'll probably turn back straight out towards Ray's Creek he says you sure he says I can see it going right he says be sure it's going to turn back to Ray's Creek he says I says well I think it will. <laughs> so I hit it. The ball broke a little bit right, and it straightened back out and went in the hole. Now I've gone back and putted that, that ball. Because, I mean, they, they changed the, the grass on Augusta Greens so often that that putt's never broken back left again. Wow. So uh, uh, it's, you know, it, it, happened, it, did, it did that time, which was the right time for doing it. But, but, no, I would ask Jackie on, on a variety of things there. And, uh, uh, you know, it's, uh, yeah, it was fun to have your son. Fun to have him. Fun. He was a good player. He's, you know, but I didn't really pay a lot of attention to, you know, advice of a caddy. Mm -hmm. I, 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 I really wanted my caddy to be a, be a, a supporter, a friend, a, 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 you know, a booster of what I was doing. Not, not by trying to. Well, I see it. The wind's out of here. It's got 12 mile an hour. It's coming just slightly over your right. I don't want any of that crap. I mean, what, that's what I'm out there for. Sure. Plus the fact, why do I want to have somebody tell me how to play golf? I think it's fun to learn how to play golf. <laughs> Even in the moment of the Masters? That's, and... that's what is fun. fun. Figuring it out yourself. I mean, that's why, why would I want somebody else to figure out what I enjoy doing? Yeah. Jack, do you, do you feel like some of these young players on tour today are, are too reliant on the, on the caddy? I think so. I think they're too reliant on a lot of things. And, uh, you know, the one thing that Bobby Jones instilled in me, I used to go down to his cabin every year at Augusta. My father and I invited, invited us down. Uh, the, uh, was it, you know, he said, he said he had his seven lean years, well, between 14 and 21. Mm -hmm. But still, there were to him his lean years. And he says, until he stopped running back to Sterling Maiden, mm -hmm. who was his teacher, he says, once I, could, once I could get and correct myself on a golf course, once I could fix my problems when I was going, that's when I became a golfer. Mm -hmm. Well, Jack Grout started me that way mm -hmm. and you know I never saw Jack Grout that often I saw him two or three times a year uh, when I was playing and uh, you know we 
we, he really didn't say that much. He just sort of, we just sort of talk and look at it. And if he saw something, he'd say something. But he wanted me to figure out how to play, what to do, and how to do it. And that's why I relied on it. Now, I think that the players today would be, and I'm not saying that it's wrong what they do, because that's the way they've been, they've, they've been sort of taught to do it that way. But I think that they would be a better player the more they rely on themselves, then they don't have any question in their mind when they pick up that club. They hit it and they say, this is a seven iron, and it's a good seven iron. i got to cut it slightly. That's their, their decision, and, and they're gonna, I think if they, if they have the, 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 their own uh, conviction of what to do, then I think they probably would do better in the long run. Uh, and I think that, uh, you know, I'm sure there's some of them, but I'm sure that uh, uh, I don't think Tiger uh, – relies a lot on uh, on his caddy no although I, he has a good caddy I mean, uh, but uh, but they all had a good and Angela was a good caddy I had a good caddy but you know it was like uh, it depends on what you do and I, I personally uh, feel they would all be better players if uh, if they relied more on themselves and along the same lines Jack it's been exciting to see Tiger not running to Butch or Hank Haney or Sean Foley figuring out for himself well I mean here's the, here's the, the best player in the world is out running around seeing somebody who can't break 80. I mean, hello. <laughs> uh, I mean, you know, I mean, he won the U.S. Open by what? Uh, 15 one year. Yeah, what, 15 shots he won yeah. at Pebble Beach? Yeah. And the next day he's out getting a lesson from some, some other guy. I said, really? <laughs> I mean, you know, I mean, you know, Tiger, Tiger's a smart kid. I mean, he shouldn't, that shouldn't happen. And I think Tiger's figured that out. I don't think Tiger pays a whole lot of attention to to somebody else today. Now, there's nothing wrong with another pair of eyes. A pair of eyes are good, uh, and that's what I use. I, I mean, anybody asks me, I could have, I could have Jackie or Steve or I could have Angelo or something, and I would just, I'd ask behind me, I says, "Where am I aiming?" Or, uh, you know, you're, you're looking at the top of the club. Where is my club? He says, "Where do you want it?" I said, "Well, I'd like to have my hands underneath it, my thumbs underneath it. I want the club hanging, hanging about five o'clock." And, 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 you know, they would tell me, they, I know what I wanted. I would just, today they have a camera. Right. You know, you can go, and then you can show it right, right. back and you see it. We didn't have that. I mean, I remember when I won the U.S. Open at Pebble Beach in 72. I flew all night, and I had, I had VHS made of the, of the movie, or of the, of, the, of the Open. And before I went to bed that the next day on Monday, I watched the whole tournament. Uh-huh. Because I had it fresh in my mind, uh-huh. and I watched every shot and I watched everything, and so that I knew what I did. And if I had a shot that I wasn't comfortable with, I looked at it. I maybe looked at it two or three times. I says, you know, "Why did I do that? Was that a judgment call, or was that, uh, uh, you know, was that a swing error? Was it what was it?" And so, you know, I wanted to make sure when I'm done. It's just like when every day I play, I would I, I finish my round 98 percent of the time. I went to the practice tee. Because I wanted to find out what I was doing wrong all day. I wanted to find out what I needed, to, what I did right, and I wanted to find out what I wanted to do the next day. And then I never took golf home with me. Yeah. And I think that's important to not take golf home with you. I mean, how, how could Barbara live with me if I'm taking <laughs> golf home every night? You know, it's like I, I had peace of mind when I went home because I was confident what I was going to do the next day. You left it there. Uh, I want to talk about 1965 because you win by nine at Augusta, and. I went back and I read the Sports Illustrated game story, and it, it was being treated as, by the media as a statement. Jack has made a statement to the rest of the golf world. And I was curious if it felt like you made a statement. 
Well, I don't know. I, I wasn't trying to make any statements. I was trying to win a golf tournament. I just happened to win by nine. You know, I shot 64 the third round, and, you know, it was like uh, a pretty good round. Now, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm leading by, I don't know how many I was leading by going in the last round, but I think I needed to shoot, uh, uh, what did I need to shoot to break Hogan's record? 71, I shot 69 or something like that. Whatever it was, I don't mm -hmm. remember. And uh, all I was trying to do was win the golf tournament. And I continued to go low. And uh, sometimes that happens. You know, I think that's what happened with Tiger at Pebble Beach. I mean, he was trying to win a golf tournament, but he just kept making birdies. And, you know, it was kind of fun to make birdies, so why do you want to go make bogeys? Yeah. And so that's what he did. I guess I was just impressed because from my perspective, I go back and I look at the leaderboard, and the people that finished right behind you were Arnie and Gary. Yeah, they, and they like, tied for second, didn't they? Yeah, and it's like, holy cow, not only did he win by nine, but, like, those are the guys that were playing well enough to win. Well, I was tied with them after 36 holes. We were mm -hmm. both one, all three of us were 138. And then I shot 64, well, I, what was I shoot, 271 that year? Is that what it was? I think it was 17 under, so. Well, 271, so yeah. that's it. So I shot 64, that put me at, uh, well, I shot 69 the last round then, yeah. yeah. Mm. And so uh, uh, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't intentionally trying to make a statement. I just, I've never, I've never, I've never had the ability to do what Tiger does. Tiger, when he gets ahead, he can sometimes can win by eight or ten shots. I've never really done that. All I've tried to do is, you know, and it happened there. It happened there, and it's happened a few times. I mean, mm -hmm. I won at Oak Hill by seven. And, uh, you know, I've won a few times like that. But most of the time, all I'm trying to do is not to make me stupid. Okay. And not put myself in a position of losing a golf tournament. I've got the tournament won. Don't give it back. Mm -hmm. And uh, that, that's what I try to do. Now, Throughout the 70s, you finished in the top eight every year, all 10 years. Okay. I don't think that will ever happen again. And wow. it's who's to say if it will or it won't, but is there something to... I finished in the top what? Top eight every year. It's had some bad years in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not all victories. Uh, I guess I was just wondering if there is something to what you brought to the course throughout the 70s at, in your prime, like that you were never going to finish outside the top 10, top 15. Well, I never, I never even thought about the top 10 or 15. Mm -hmm. my, my goal was to win the golf tournament and uh, put myself in a position to win. Sometimes I didn't win, you know. I, I, mean, I, I guess that's why I have maybe 19 seconds in majors because I just put myself in a position to win. Somebody just played better. And uh, I don't think there's too many of those there that I've ga I gave it away. A couple in the early years I gave away, you know, open at uh, – at uh, Lytham, and I gave away the open at uh, Cherry Hills where Arnold won. Uh, you know, but, but Arnold still shot 65. I, I can't fault that. He, he shot a great round. And, uh, but it's, you know, but I shot 39 the last nine holes. And, you know, at Lytham, I bogeyed the last two holes to lose by one. And, you know, it, it, those are the kind of things that, that I, I find that I gave away. And I sort of learned from those and tried not to make those mistakes as I, as, as I, as I went on. Is there a Masters that you think you should have won that you didn't win? Um, well, I'm not sure. I don't even remember where I finished in 71. T2. I was no, I know that I finished, <laughs> I finished second to Cootie. Charles Cootie, yeah. But, uh, but uh, you know, I, hit it, I made an eight on, seven, on 15 that day, the last round. I hit it in the water and then dumped it in the water with my pitch shot. And, you know, I don't remember... What I, what, what I hit in the water, I think I probably hit a three-wood. 
you know, and I always, I have young kids that come to me and ask me how to play Augusta. And for some reason, I always use a 15th hole at Augusta as an example of how to play golf. And that, you know, if you're standing back at 250 yards, how many times are you going to knock it on the green? Half the time. Where are the other five going to go? Well, yeah, I think you're going to find the water probably on a, on a few of those few of those times. And I said, okay, now if you're sitting at 200 yards, how many times are you going to knock it on the green? Nine out of ten. And where's the other one going? He says, well, it's not going to go in the water. I mean, that's the way okay. you play golf. Yeah. And so I, I, I dumped it in the water in 71, and then I came back in 72, and I'm sitting there, and, and, and when they did, they did that special on, on the Golf Channel about, uh, called Jack, mm-hmm. it had a picture of me hitting my second shot from about 250 yards into the wind, the last round in 72, the year after I hit it in the water in 71, and I came out of my shoes with a three-wood and barely got it on the front right of the green. And I'm sitting there telling kids all this, I'm sitting there saying, well, you idiot, you didn't learn anything from yourself. So, you know, I'm, sometimes I learned from what I did, and sometimes I, would, I, I was just, just as dumb as the next guy. Jack, can we speak about the golf course for a minute? What, what would be your position about uh, a tee on 13? What do you mean, moving it back? Yeah. Uh, I think that's all right in today's game. I mean, it's, uh, you either take 13 and you're trying to take it around the corner, so, and right now it's not around the corner, so I'm over the top a little bit. Uh, and if you're not going to play it as a two-shot hole, you play it straight out, and, you, and, 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 and you'd still play it straight out if he, if he went back. Uh, and, you, and, and, and if you move the tee back, you'd have to be forced to go around the corner if you wanted to get there and do rather than go over the top. So that, that's one of the few times where distance, I think, is probably okay. Uh, some of the other times, I'm not so sure it's okay. But uh, uh, that's one of the great holes in golf, and I don't think it should be ruined by uh, being able to, to, to eliminate the strategy of the golf hole right. and hit it, hit it over, over the top of trees and, and, you know, and play nine irons and eight irons into a green. That it, it's, it, it's just too good a hole to, to be uh, uh, destroyed that way. Were you aware last year, I know you were on a boat fishing, probably didn't see this, uh, Tiger doesn't like to hit a draw shot anymore. He gets on the right side of that tee box. It's starting to rain. It's soft. His right foot slips. It gets up in the air. It goes over the left trees and fades back into play. Sean and I have talked about this a lot. And he Did hit the iron from there. Did he really? Yeah. It's crazy to see it. Well, you know, I, I, I mean, I was watching it, I think. But I guess I didn't pay much attention because I probably wouldn't. Probably didn't hear the commentary on it. No, right? he goes like this, Jack. He's, he's, huh? chewing on, he's chewing on the gum. His foot says, oh, my fucking foot slipped. Takes that gun and goes, boom. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. Anyway. Those microphones are, they pick up everything these days. And then Dottie Pepper says, yeah, I don't think he liked that one. He liked it when it landed. Yeah, well, you know, he, uh, I guess, I guess, it, I guess what I said about 12 is, may not be as accurate then. He didn't, he didn't just have, uh, he just didn't finish the tournament without without any much much thought. Yeah, were you able to hold on to your yardage books as as they made changes uh, to the course over the, over the years? Did you have to? Uh, yeah, some of them. I mean, yeah, well, like I, your '86 yardage book when you were contending in '98, would that have been the same book? Well, I didn't have a book. I used to, I just used a scorecard, and uh, I I don't I don't remember Michael. But I, I mean, I I do remember one scorecard I had at Pebble Beach. I made when I was uh, in 1961 as an amateur, which is the first one I ever made, and I mean I used that one for uh, forever. 
And uh, I didn't want to guess. I don't know what I did with that one. I, mean, I, I, I had a little sort of a, a file folder that I had here at home. Mm-hmm. I'd come home and I'd put, put them in my folder, get ready to turn and I'd pull them out and put them in my pocket. And uh, But I never used any books, mm-hmm. you know, and, until uh, I got to a course where they had a book that I might use the book for because I just was easier. Right. Four of your masters, the first four th- victories, you either had the lead or a share of the lead going into Sunday. I don't know. And I'm interested if you think that there's a blueprint because in like three weeks, someone's going to wake up on Sunday with a share of the lead. Is there a blueprint to turning that course into an asset on Sunday? Well, I think if you're leading the golf tournament, you're, you're in the lead. You know, you play three rounds better than anybody else. And, you know, you need to go out and figure out how to finish it. I don't. I didn't. I mean, I didn't even pay attention. I didn't. I don't, I don't know where I was on my leads. And uh, so you weren't a scoreboard watcher. Yeah, no. I, I looked at the scoreboard. I think if you don't look at the scoreboard, you're an idiot. But uh, a lot of guys these days don't look at the scoreboard. Well, it's how do they know where they are? It's surprising I mean, to me. I mean, you've got to look at the scoreboard to figure out what you're what you're doing. I mean, good gracious, your game of golf. It's like playing. You're playing match play essentially as you get down near the end of a golf tournament, and you got to figure out. How do I want to play against these guys, and how do I want to position myself to uh, finish the tournament? Uh, but you know, I never really thought much about the lead. I think, I guess, if I go back and uh, I think I looked it up about a year or so ago. Uh, of my 18 majors, I think I was leading on the last round 12 times, 12 of those 18 times. Mm-hmm. And I don't know whether I, I don't know how many I lost from leading the tournament. Uh, I don't really know. I didn't look that part up. And I like to get the positives. But uh, the uh, – at Augusta, I never even thought about it. I, 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 see, I guess, was I tied for the lead in 63? That was, that was, a, that was where I, my color blindness came into thing. Uh-oh. And I got to – and I had played – earlier and I got into the 18th hole and had been pouring down. I, mean, I never thought we'd ever finish the third round. I was playing with Suchak. And – I mean, I remember the 13th fairway was just a sheet of water, and it was all all casual water, and there was no place to drop it, so you played it out of the casual water. It was that bad. I mean, it wasn't a thunderstorm. It was just heavy rain. And we got to the 18th green, and I, I have trouble seeing red and green, separating them. I'm red and green, green colorblind. And I looked up at that board. There were, you know, maybe a half a dozen ones on that board. And I looked at Willie, and I said, Willie, how many of those ones are red, Willie? He says, just you, boss. Which is one of my favorite lines. Oh, gosh, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the so kind of support that Willie would give me. It was, you know, that uh, really? just you, boss. You have in the past, you've mentioned six shots at Augusta at the Masters that gets your attention. Well, I think that Augusta is a pretty straightforward golf course, except for about six shots at most golf most all golf courses you got to figure out there's there's usually a every golf course there's a half a dozen shots or so that are important that you get by mm-hmm. and at augusta the tee shot at number two mm-hmm. i mean you can't get down there to that delta airline booth down there at the left you know that's <laughs> that's a bad place to be and and that's a bad way to start around uh and i don't think there's any other shots on the front nine that are all that important mm-hmm. Uh, that can get you in a ton of trouble. Uh, the second shot at 11 can get you in a lot of trouble. You can put it in okay. the water there. Uh, the tee shot at 12 is a lot of trouble. I think both the tee shot and the second shot at, at 13 can get you in some trouble. 
and the second shot at 15. And I've never felt like the – I don't think I've ever hit the ball in the water at 16. So I never really worried much about 16. Wow. Because, I mean, at 16, I don't ever hit the ball uh, – I hit the ball to the center of the green there every time. And if, if, the, if the pin's on the right, I would cut it a little bit. If the pin's on the left, I'd, I'd just turn it over just a little bit. So you – witnessed that pin change at one point in your career on sunday it was more back right on 16. Yeah, and it used then, to be up in the pop right if you had to choose one which do you think is a better pin location? well i think from the excitement from the gallery and everything the back left is a great pin place but the one up at top i mean it was like uh, okay we're on 16 now let's see how do we how, how can we get to 17t without destroying that's anything? a tough shot that's yeah, a tough shot i made i made two in there on that in uh, 63 and, of course, I made two on it in uh, 75. But I think that the back left pin position really is, is a giveaway pin position. It's a giveaway for birdies. I agree. And so uh, you know, I like that one from, from the finish of the gallery in that tournament. Okay. Uh, personally, I think it, it feels like there's, for the, the 70th hole of a major, we shouldn't have something that funnels towards the hole. But yeah. It's all right. <laughs> yeah, I know. I just love the back right pin myself. You still got to hit the ball in the funnel. That's right. That's right. Jack, we, we've talked about the uh, what the conditions might be like in fall, and one of the things you said in your in your times being there, you can often play dry and fast in, in November. Uh, you know what Bryson DeChambeau is doing because you, you, you've seen it. Uh, what kind of clubs could you imagine him hitting into the uh, four par fives if he hits good tee shots? Well, let's let's start off with what he could do. He could drive the first green. You think so? If it's far, if it's firm, he could drive the first green uh, under the right conditions. He could make a, and he could make a four from there. He could make a four from there from driving the green. <laughs> yeah, uh, but he'll hit. He, 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 a lot of them will hit three wood on the third hole. I don't know why. I don't know why they've never moved the third tee back about 20 yards. You have the room to do it there, and I don't think it will affect anybody. Well, can we good, how, about, how about two? What would he hit into two? Oh, I'm sorry. You got the par fives. Two, uh, well, they'll all hit, they'll all hit the middle irons in the you know, middle to short irons because they'll turn it over the bunker and, and, and turn it down the hill. Uh, the eighth hole, they'll hit it over the bunker. they get it on the right side of the fairway. They'll play a you know, three, four or five iron in there. He's not even, by the way, on five, he's not even thinking about those new traps they built. He's flying right over the, the traps on the left on five. He's flying really? right. Oh, he'll find right over that. Don't you think? I don't know. It's pretty far. They're pretty long. Uh, but I guess you could. Uh, I think that uh, 13, uh, you know, they haven't moved it back yet, so he can take it over the top there. And then 15. What, what, how close to the creek could he get on 13? What do you mean, how close to the creek? How, well, how, what, could it, what, what do you think he'd oh, be 15? hitting? 15? No, I'm sorry. 13. 13? What? what what, what, which of his pitching clubs do you think he'd hit into 13? Oh, I don't know. I suppose you could, in 13, you could hit it down there. You could probably hit a nine iron in there or a wedge. Or, or I think he intends iron. to play from the 14th fairway. I think he truly intends to go through and play a wedge from 14 into the 13th green. Which no, is, come on, he can't hit that far. <laughs> that's what he thinks. But we'll, well, I don't we'll, know. I have no idea. Yeah. But I mean, you know, I, I, I haven't I haven't seen him in person hit a golf ball except on television at the Open, and you know he, and of course in the Memorial Tournament he he, he hit in some places I couldn't believe it. He hit 27 yards from the first green at Memorial Tournament. Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's four, 
I don't know what it was last. We've lengthened it, but it's four four seventy something like that. Yeah. Well, anyway, you know, if he could do that, he could drive the first gravity, and then fifteen. All he's got to do is, all of a sudden, he's got a wide fairway because he's hit it. He'll hit it past the trees on the left, and he's got to hit it down there. He'll hit a little pitching wedge into, uh, in the in the fifteen. But you know, aren't there other guys who hit the ball as far as he does? I think that's an underplayed piece of context because Matthew Wolf hits it just as far. Dustin Johnson hits Rory, it just as far. When they get after it, and they're oh, all getting sure. after it. Yeah, they, they, they can all hit it out there. So, I mean, it's not just him, but, you know, what he has done is, uh, is amazing. I mean, he's figured out that the game of golf, that distance is far more important than accuracy. And even at a U.S. Open, and he took the chance by doing what he did to build himself to to a level uh, to be able to do that. I, I give the guy great kudos. And you know, people say, "Well, that's not a skill." <laughs> Devil, it's not a skill. You you got to you have to hit the ball 400 yards. You got to find the golf course. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to find your golf ball. And uh, uh, if that's something you hadn't done before, it is now. And uh, you know, I think the skills, skills not on the driver, but there's skills on the iron shot, skills on pitching, putting, you know, wet, bunker play, all skills. And you develop skills that give you an advantage, and that's what he's figured out. And I'd be a lot of people that will follow suit. Now, it looks to me like, uh, at least hearing from the USGA and the RNA, that they're going to do something with a golf ball here probably next year. They would have probably done something this year. But because of COVID, they didn't. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't know what they're going to do. We'll, we'll figure it out. We'll find out. And But they've got to do something that brings the game of golf back in. And let them, they got to play the golf course that they're, they're playing. They can't be taking and, and playing a golf course that's not there. Uh, that's that's the problem that's happened. It doesn't bother the average golfer. The average golfer needs length and he needs to get out there. But... The pro needs to be able to, you need to be able to harness him a little bit. Jack, sorry to interrupt, and, but just to follow up on what you just said, because I had not heard that. Do you think we're getting closer to a golf ball for elite players that won't go as far? I don't know what it'll be elite players. I think it'll be for everybody. I think, it'll, I think they'll bring, bring the golf ball back. I don't know what they'll bring it back, but I believe that they're going to do it. I mean, at least, at least all the reports that I've had, and I, I think they've talked openly about it, that... Uh, they were going to do something this year, and they didn't. They couldn't do it because of COVID, because they didn't feel it was fair to the manufacturers. But, but what they're going to do, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe they're going to do another study. I don't know what they're going to do. Mm-hmm. You never know what they're going to. Do. I mean, they've been studying this thing for forty years, right. and or more than that, actually. But, uh, I mean, you go back and uh, look at Bobby Jones and what he wrote in his book, and Bobby Jones said he says in that in what nineteen. 30 or 30 whatever whatever he wrote his book he says the worst thing and the biggest thing we've got to wor- worry about in the game in golf is the distance of the golf ball yeah i mean this is you know 90 years ago hmm. he said this and we've continually gotten longer and longer uh-huh. longer and you hit some eight irons into 13 and 15 over the years i'm sure uh eight irons the shortest club i hit into uh into into 15 13 I probably, I probably did. I don't remember. I don't think I had a nine iron, but I've certainly hit, uh, hit eight iron. 
When you look at Augusta, you can put your architect hat on, you can put your player hat on. What's the best golf hole there? Is there a favorite golf hole you have there that really makes sense that well, you think is a damn good I mean, golf hole? I mean, I think there's some really good golf holes at, at, uh, at Augusta. I think that the, the change on the seventh hole, I think, was a bad change. Okay. And that uh, they took a golf hole that really required and, and allowed you to play right up underneath the green if you wanted to and take advantage. Now they're back there. They've got to play it into a fairway. It's much too too narrow for what they play. And, uh, you know, I mean, the first hole's always been a good hole. Second hole, I, I think the second hole is a terrible golf hole. I think it's the worst hole in championship golf. And the reason I say that is that you've got, you've got a hole that goes out there. They've got a bunker on the right side of the fairway. It should be on the left side of the fairway. Uh, because that's because you really want to play it out to where you got a, actually some kind of a lie. Mm-hmm. If you hit the ball properly down the left side, you've got all the trees hanging out. You got a green that it wants to play, wants to accept a left or right shot, and you're standing on your head, upside down, trying to. And the only thing you can play is a hook into a green that doesn't want it. Yeah. That's not a good golf hole to me. And I think they know that at Augusta. And I hope someday they'll change. I mean, what would you back, do to change it? Well, back when it when Horde Hard was there, Horde has me. I did plans for it. Okay. We cut the fairway down. Bunkered the left side, moved the bunker out further on the left so it would so really control what was going on left. Softened the fairway on the right, went out. And we even asked, they gave him the option of putting back in the, the creek that crossed the fairway there, and down there put a lake down into the right side of the green. Huh. They could do that pretty easily. There's no water on the front nine. Yeah. And, you know, it might not be a bad thing to have. But, you know, they've got those plans at Augusta that we did. I did them, gosh, good gracious, in the 80s sometime. I think people love that hole because you can make eagle there. Well, that's all right. You can make eagle there, but you're not going to make eagle by playing a good golf shot. Okay. You're going to get it unless you're unless you're unless you're hitting a seven or an eight iron. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And drop it in. Yeah, I mean that that's I mean the, the golf hole's fine if that's what you're going to play. If you're going to do that, then make it a par four and play it as a par four. Uh, you know, then, then everybody gets to play it. Mm-hmm. I mean, only the big hitter can play that hole. Uh, hit it long enough to be able to play that hole with with a short iron. Mm-hmm. The rest of them are standing on their head. Play, play a shot that, that they, they got to be lucky enough to bounce it between the buckers. Anyway, that's all right. Number three, number three has gotten too short for, for the time. Mm-hmm. Four, they've lengthened a little bit, which actually probably is a pretty good hold. Mm-hmm. Five, I think they did a nice job with five. I think five five plays nicely now. It's they made the change a little bit on the green, and 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 uh, I think they uh, they made they made good made good changes there. Six has always played nicely. Seven, as I said, I think they made it too long for what it is. Eight, uh, eight's okay. It's eight just happens to be where it is. I don't think it's yeah. one of their better holes on the golf course. Playing up to a blind situation and a, and a green that really doesn't look like anything else on the golf course. Um, the uh, the ninth hole, uh, yeah. They now the way they hit the trees aren't of a factor. They just hit either side of the trees, and it didn't make it. I, I don't know what you do there. Uh, I, I suppose they're really. If he brought the ball back, it would bring the call hole back and play. Ten's a great hole, no matter which player they play it. Eleven's fine. There's nothing wrong with eleven. I think twelve is a, is a super hole. I think thirteen's a super hole. Uh, long as you, and I think the length of thirteen would help. Uh, fourteen, fourteen's okay. It's sort of a mo- modest hole in the middle with a very difficult green. Fifteen is, you know, it, it allows you to create excitement and have a have a moving hole. Uh, Sixteen is just a, you know. Just a nice par three. 17 is a big change in 17. 17 used to be very wide open. 
And the only thing that was there was Ike, Ike's tree. Now Ike's tree's gone. And, and home, lo and behold, another 30 trees have appeared. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, uh, you know, but it's, you know, you really, you've got to drive the ball straight there now. You can't play it if you don't drive it straight. And 18, uh, uh, with the golf ball, with what it is and where they moved the tee is probably okay. It's pretty okay. good. But so, you know, I've even got a couple holes in the golf, but every golf course has a couple holes that aren't great. And uh, uh, they have some holes that are great. I mean, I think the best holes at, at, at Augusta are probably 10, 12, 13. I think they're probably the best holes of the golf course. Uh, I like that. Seven when it was uh, a little shorter. I think it was a wonderful little golf hole. And I think you have to I think you have to have holes that are longer and shorter to keep a little pace on a golf course. Everything does you can't stand everything stand back or, and you know just go boom, boom, boom. I just don't think that's the way the game should be played. I guess it's a wonderful golf course. And it's just it's uh you know, but it's it's a difficult piece of property. You know, it's one big side hill is what it is. Chuck, what's your experience bringing guests there in November? Um uh, well, Michael, the, uh, the, the fairways usually in November are very uh, wet mm -hmm. and soft. And the ball doesn't uh, uh, doesn't go anywhere. They're always hitting flyers. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I can't imagine though. I mean, that's that's when they're trying to grow in and establish their ryegrass. Now, my guess is that they probably, I, I know they've overseeded, but I imagine they probably overseeded a couple of weeks early. Maybe they didn't. I don't know. I'm just guessing, and and I really haven't even asked anybody and. Uh, but they'll have the fair, they'll have the golf course as dry as they can get it. Mm -hmm. I mean, Augusta, you know, if Augusta's dry, uh, of course, I, you know, I'm not a fan of the rough at Augusta. I mean, all other places have rough, so, and Augusta, they didn't have any, and I thought that was one of the beauties of Augusta. You could take the ball, hit a little hook or a little fade, it would run right off into the trees. Mm -hmm. And now the rough stops the ball, and the rough is no, is no factor to those guys. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I wish they would cut the rough and have the fairways fast, and then 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 you're going to see some scores go up because mm -hmm. I just won't they won't be able to. You know, you're going to be playing the ball out of the trees all day long if you if you if you if you hit an errant shot. Now they don't hit ball out of the trees, but you know it doesn't make a whole lot of difference what, what they do. Augustus Augusta, it's a great place. It's a great place for a tournament. They'll have another great. They'll have a great Masters in the fall. They mm -hmm. they'll miss the azaleas, but. Mm -hmm. You know, greens will be the same. Has your position ever changed on the idea of Augusta National giving the, the giving the, the competitors a golf ball to play? I don't think they necessarily give a golf ball to play. I mean, they could, and I think that Augusta thought about it and considered it for a while, but I think they felt like that, that would put them above the rules of the game of golf, and I don't think it was a proper position to take. And so... Uh, I think that they would like to see the golf ball come back a little bit, as with as with, as with most most tournaments. Actually, I think most of the players really would like to see the golf ball come back. Uh, they they all I mean, you the, you ask all any of the players uh, and they give you an honest answer. They say, "Well, no, it's a joke." Yeah, but you know, a lot of they're not going to say that uh, simply because the manufacturers are won't, won't let them say that. If they say that, they say, "I'm sorry, you're out of here." Right. Right. <laughs> And so anyway, that's, uh, I, I think the players would like to see the game come back a little bit more. Do you think if Tiger had played an era of steel shafts, Balada ball, persimmon head, 43-inch driver, do you think he would have won more than he did? Uh, probably. Yeah, I think Tiger, I think Tiger was a magnificent player. 
he won a lot. And, uh, you know, percentage-wise, he won more than I did. And, uh, but he's, uh, you know, he's a, Tiger would be a good player anyway. But he, even today, Tiger's, Tiger's golf swing looks terrific. I don't know whether his body will hold up for him or not. I think he's probably, why he hadn't played is probably because he's hurting. Right. And I'm guessing I don't I don't really know I I haven't asked him, and that's none of my business. But it's uh, uh, it appears as though, you know, he's uh, uh, trying to save himself for when he needs needs to use his body. There was Tiger proofing of Augusta. People are discussing now. Could there be Bryson proofing? Was there ever any Jack proofing of Augusta? Did they ever change the course because? Well, they moved the bunker back on number one. Okay. They moved the bunker back on number two. They put the bunkers in on three. They put the bunkers in on five. Uh, they moved the bunker back a little bit on eight, or to the tee back. Uh, they, uh, 11, uh, 12, 13, 14. Uh, I'm talking about specifically mine. There were no bunkers on 18. And you know, I kept. I just hit the ball the last round. I just hit the ball, let it go out in the driving range anywhere it left, the yeah. old driving range. And so they they put bunkers there for that and trees up the left side. Mm-hmm. So they did a lot of things for for to jackproof the golf course. And uh, they uh, you know they did more. Th- they kept adding things. They've tiger proofed it in areas, and now they got to figure out. I guess they got to put lakes lakes at about four hundred <laughs> for Shambo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Is that a phrase, jackproof? Huh? Did they use that phrase? We're going to jackproof for the course. Oh, I don't know. I, I don't know where they they didn't they, they they would never use that because I don't think they would. They, they I don't think they discriminate to that level. You're right. I mean they they would they 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 would say we're just we're, we're trying to restrict the longer hitters. Make improvements. Uh, make improvements. That's right. But but it's okay. So you won at 46 years old, and I'm curious if you think a 46 year old or older player can win today with the modern game oh sure absolutely no problem i wouldn't think so how about phil you know he's 50 he hits it good well if phil can control himself to keep the ball on the golf course i mean phil is a still a great player he plays beautifully but he but his sole thing is to drive the ball as far as he can i mean he drives the ball plenty far enough keep it in play if he can keep it in play i guess there's no reason in the world why he can't win yeah one of Michael's questions that I loved was in relation to your colorblindness. And you wore yellow during many of your victories. What does yellow look like to you? Does it look like yellow? yellow? <laughs> I mean, I'm red-green colorblind, yeah. and so yellow, yellow looks like yellow. I mean, I don't have any problem with yellow. And the only, tr- only trouble I really have, and the biggest example I have of, of red-green colorblindness, is you have a lateral water hazard. Mm. And they paint red paint on the green grass. I can't see it. Or I see a, down in Florida here, they have the Royal Poinciana tree that has big bright red flowers on it. It's a green tree to me mm-hmm. until I see the shape of the flower, and then the red pops out. I mean, people say, well, how do you, how do, you uh, do a stoplight? Well, you know, I, I've never run a green light. You know, that's how I, that's why I could, how I found out about it is that I went through uh, flight safety to get my pilot's license. And so when I went through and get my physical, they did the book, you know, yeah. little, little book you see the numbers in, and the guy tested it, and he, I didn't see one number or letter within that book. He looked at it, and he says, Jack, you are the most colorblind person <laughs> I have ever tested. Wow. 
29 years. That's incredible. Sean, I think we're, we're at that point where we need to wrap things up. Why don't we each ask one super duper tough one of Mr. Nicholas? Okay. I'll go, I'll go first and, uh, and you think about it. Jack, can you imagine what your life would have been like without golf? What has golf meant to you in your life? Well, golf is a game. But, it, uh, you know, it's a game that allowed me, it gave me the opportunity to do so many things. Uh, it had nothing to do with Barbara. Met Barbara before I really before I turned pro. We got married before I turned pro. I think we would have had the same number of kids. Uh, I think that we probably the same number of grandkids. I don't think I don't think golf affected that part of it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm blessed by that because Barbara didn't marry me for my golf or marry me for anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, uh, thing of my life that that, that has changed because of golf is you know not only when I won the golf service but they put me in a, the golf put me in a position to be able to design golf courses mm -hmm. took a second career mm -hmm. nobody nobody would have had Jack Nicklaus design golf courses mm -hmm. if I wasn't Jack Nicklaus you know by, by my record and third by third career which is you know children and in, in, in hospitals and philanthropy you know Barbara and I would, would Nam was uh and going through her choking issues in 1966, we said that, you know, if we were ever in a position to help others, we wanted it to be children. And so the Memorial Tournament from the day one has benefited the Nationwide Children's Hospital in Columbus. And, you know, we got involved with the Honda Tournament moved here in Palm Beach to start our foundation. And that wouldn't have happened if it hadn't mm -hmm. been for golf. Uh, who in the world cares whether Jack and Barbara Nichols started a foundation with, with, with who was he? He says he mm -hmm. the name in the phone book. And so golf has provided the opportunity and opened the door to do so many things in my life that, but it, it fortunately has not been, it has not affected what it allowed me to do with my family, mm -hmm. which is by far the most important thing. It's beautifully said. Thank All you. right. My last question is back to Augusta and I'm just fascinated by the passing down of secrets. You said that players have come to you and asked you for the secrets. Who gave, who gave you the secrets? Is there a player that, that really told you no. how to learn that place? And then how I learned, I, I think I, I, I sort of figured it out myself. Uh, I mean, I'm sure that there's other people that probably that I don't really, can't really look at and say that. But when I played in 1959, my first year, I hit uh, 31 greens in regulation and 36 holes. I had eight three-putt greens. I shot 150. Arnold shot 141. He was leading the tournament. He had 19 greens in regulation. Wow. I'm sitting there thinking, <laughs> what does that tell me? Yeah. Does it tell me I better learn how to putt these greens? Yeah. I mean, I could play the golf course. And so that's what I set out to do. And then I finished, I finished the top I don't know where I finished. I finished one year. I finished the top ten, close the next year as an amateur, and uh, I didn't 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 I finished thirteenth or fourteenth as a first year as a pro. But then I started, you know, being in contention and winning from then on, and I just learned the golf course. But I did that with every golf course. Okay. And every golf course to me, that's why I go in a week ahead of time. I want to learn about the golf course. I want to learn the, the, the dumb things. If you play it enough, play it four or five, six times, I'll learn the dumb things that you can do that you won't notice if you only played one practice round. Uh, and 
then I figure out how to handle those. And I said, those six tough shots that you talked about earlier, uh, you know, you'll figure those out. You figure out how to play those six shots so you don't put yourself in jeopardy at that point in time. Those are the things you figure out as, as you play. That's, 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 that's just, you know, using your mind, figuring things out. I mean, DeChambeau has figured things out in a way that, that benefits him and gives him an advantage. Well, I did the same thing in a different way. I figured out what not to do, what to do, how to go about it, how to prepare for it, and, and, then, and then execute it. So that's really what I try to do. Yeah, I think you have more experience there than probably just about anybody. So appreciate you breaking it down for us, Jack. But anyway, the young kids that you ask about, Yeah. I don't want to specifically talk about the young kids because I don't want each one of them, they're all, they're all different. They all came to me with uh, uh, wanting to know how to play Augusta, where I've had, you know, I mean, even like the Patrick Cantor came to me about a memorial tournament, how to play that, then he ends up winning the memorial tournament, which I was very, you know, <laughs> it's very flattering that you, somebody would do that and come to you. Well, but I think the first one that came to me at Augusta was probably, uh, I think it's probably Trevor Irwin. He came in right before he won, and he won. Then wow. Charles Schwartzel came in, and he won. And uh, um, yeah, I've talked with Justin Thomas hasn't won, but he's talked to me about it. Rory's talked to me about it. Uh, uh, Jordan reserve. Spieth a little bit. Not not a lot about Jordan, but more or less just a little bit. Mm -hmm. And uh, you know, I think that some of the advice that I pass on is 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 sort of uh, between us sure. in a long in a long way. But, but I, it's a general advice that I would pass along to anybody. Because uh, I care about the young kids. I like to see them play well. I like to see them do well. And, I, and I'm very flattered that here I am, 80 years old, and I still got somebody 23 or 4 or 5 years old coming for me at your advice. I mean, when I was 25, I didn't ask anybody 80 years old what to do. You know, and not many kids do. But that's very flattering. It's nice to keep me. It keeps me involved in the game of golf. It keeps me involved in what's going on and keeps me up to date. So I just I, I like that. I think it's a great way to finish it. Thank you, Jack. I really appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks, guys. All right. Was that any fun? It sure was for me. I know it was for Michael. I hope it was for Jack. Mr. Nicholas was generous with his time. We really appreciate it. He said, why hadn't you asked to do a podcast any sooner? I said, I don't know, Jack, but you're on the list now. We'll sit down with you again maybe next year. That's it for this week, folks. The Masters is almost here. Depends on when you're listening to this, but we'll have more coming for you down the podcast pipe as the Masters starts to play out. See you then.